And you're the one that has the Ivy tree hugger shirt and green sweatpants. Welcome to Harley Freaking Quinn, the podcast all about Harley Quinn. I'm your host, Carly. And I'm Jess. And this special episode, well, I guess it's not super special. No, this is just episode nine, dude. This is just a regular recap episode of season one, episode nine, A Seat at the Table. Um, But it is special because I feel like it wraps up like the first real, like the first big plot line in season one. Well... Kind of. There's a lot of payoff, at least for Harley's, uh, you know, big plans. Stated goals. Yes. Um, But before that, uh, we wanted to catch everybody up. Um, I want to give a special shout out to our Twitter friend, Snowflake, who uh, reached out to, um, one, get us back on track recapping these episodes. It's been real hard. Uh, It's October. Things are it's spooky season and to be honest most of the time i don't feel like laughing i want to watch a lot of horror movies and horror tv shows and just constantly baking and making soup yeah so it was just kind of hard to refocus on harley quinn and we want to apologize for our kind of wish-washy schedule but we should be back on track now um also snowflake asked us if we were going to talk about the Injustice prequel because a lot of, like, Harley stuff specifically happened. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not reading that comic as it comes out, and neither is Jess. Um, But I have seen some spoilers. Yes, exactly. And they look pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, some things have been spoiled. We've We've seen screen caps of some panels, especially of, spoiler alert, the wedding... Um, which looked great. And there's also some angst I heard in this, uh, latest issue and, um, it, that fills my heart, but I won't really go into it. Just know that, uh, we'll probably catch up to it after we're done recapping the show and dive into the comics. But I wanted to give a special shout out. Some comics. Not sure which one's first, but I will personally be looking up either all the spoilers or getting the uh trade when it's all gathered together i'm not an issue kind of gal i think that was everything i wanted to talk about before we dive into the recap is there anything you want to talk about no let's do it okay so have an electronic music opening over the uh typical dc moves it sounds like the music that plays over the end credits just in techno version um did not confirm that but that's just what i thought of first yeah i can see that but also did not confirm um the reason that it's techno is that it opens up with like a very 80s quality video screen like it looks like it's on a tube tv with a lot of like video just a corporate hr gonna make the ceo act kind of video of welcome to the company yeah except it's the legion of doom um and it's lex Luthor introducing the new class of uh doomers 
And um, in the background, uh, you see Dr. Psycho actually goes up, says something to Dr. Mantis, who just bodily picks him up and throws him into a wall and walks away. Yeah. And Lex Luthor says, bad guys bring a good attitude and cuts away to like a literal welcome party for Harley Quinn. And her crew. Um, And her crew, though it's obvious um, even from the beginning that Harley Quinn is the like main star and that uh, causes some tension throughout the episode. Um, And uh, yeah, it's very corporate feeling. Um, Joker grabs the microphone and everyone's like, oh, God, what's he going to say? Like, oh, he grabs it. Before Bane can do his magic act. Oh my gosh. So this is like a very Bane episode. Thank God, because it wasn't very funny otherwise. It It had some feelings. There's a lot of like drama that happens between the other characters. And so Bane was really the comedic relief. And thank God he was there. And he has his own um, heist. And anyway, just... Chewing scenery, mm -hmm. being wonderful, fucking love Bane. And... uh. Joker grabs the mic from him and um, he basically like everyone's kind of cringing. Harley is like, oh, God, what is he going to say? And he says, like, you know, Harley is killing it. I'm so glad that she's here. Um, And talks her up. Yeah. And uh, of course, Harley like acts like, oh, that's just bullshit. And her crew backs her up. King Shark is like, that's just like my ex Sandra, (laughs) who broke up with me before I lost 50 pounds or whatever. 20. 20 pounds. And and Clayface compares it to like playing the Jennifer Aniston to Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. (laughs) God. Um, so, uh, they're trying to, like, be her, her, like, hype, hype people and just be like, don't fall for it. He's obviously full of shit. Um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Harley, at that, even at that point has some pause, like, oh, could he have changed? Yeah. And we also find out, though, that, um, they went, they broke three electroshock machines at Arkham trying to get through to Harley. Yeah. Which, impressive. Yeah, a lot of programming to override here. The next scene... fun fact. uh, Electroshock therapy is being used more frequently again. Oh, wow. That's no good. I mean... I mean, not unwillingly, but but like, yeah. To treat like severe depression and bipolar disorders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that has some, you know clinical validity though it's definitely um played up for the horror um element yeah in um in fiction uh we just I think watched even in real life i kind of cringe at it yeah i i don't really know that much about the like actual uh you know therapeutic applications in a hospital but Actually, that reminds me, we just watched the movie From Beyond, and I would say when they're about to give uh, Barbara Crampton's uh, character electroshock therapy, that is like the the heightened like fear of the episode, really, before everything like goes to hell. But it was treated just as scary as like the goopy monsters. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like, oh well. 
here's the end. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. anyway we're getting, it's topic. very late. It's very late at night. So we're a little like. Slab happy. Yes. Sorry. We'll focus. We've gotten through the intro. Yes, we have the first real scene. The next scene is at a bar. Is it at Noonan's? It's an, I don't know if it was clear. I might have been writing in my notebook when they show, but uh, Ivy is ignoring Harley at a table. Um, while texting, texting, bad makeups. Yeah, while Harley is trying to apologize, like, I didn't mean what I said when I said you were jealous of me. And like, Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. Don't quote it back <laughs> at me. And, um, but Harley's like really trying to make an effort. She's like, I, I'll be there for you whenever you think you need something smashed. I will be there to smash it. And already that's like a, like red flag to me. I was like, you're already making unrealistic expectations for yourself. And, um, (laughs) but she's like, shouldn't be, (laughs) I know, I know, but we know who she is at this point. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, and, and Harley asks, like, is there something you're planning? Count me in. and Or something evil, whatever. And uh, Ivy says, uh, "If sure, if protecting the environment is categorized as evil, then yes. And, uh, and uh, so Harley, like, offers to, like, help her, help her with her plan. Um, Ivy wants to destroy this factory that's basically clearing all this land. It's called Planet Wide Pavers. Yeah, okay. That I mean, could you think of anything worse? Super evil. <laughs> a whole company just for uh paving over uh wildlife and um trees and plants. Oh, um, yeah. Yep, burn least, to the ground. Uh, at least other companies like don't put that in their advertisement. The scene though did give me, I think probably my favorite. Dang it, I was just about to say that. What okay, what's yours? <laughs> When uh, Harley's trying to talk up how greatly Jadoom is, Ivy just interrupts her with, yeah, fuck that place in the ass. Yes, that was fine. I wrote it's that down. It's just the delivery. Yeah, it is. Um, she, Lake Bell just is a professional cusser. She is. Every like every time she just like fires one of these swears off, it just sounds so witty when she says it. Uh, also, I think it might be my, I mean... My favorite Harl Ivy moment because Ivy really does like light up when she realizes that Harley's serious and really does want to help her with her plan. And Harley says something like, Oh wow, you're so fired up about this, Ivy. You are glowing. And that's the only time you see yeah, Ivy. Yeah, she smile. blushes a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be a good one. But because I can't think of like how obviously it's a Chekhov's gun for Harley letting her down, like we know it's going to fucking happen. I just twist my stomach up. I can't. I don't have a favorite Harley moment in this episode. I'm just yeah, that's bitter. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I wrote this down like before I had seen the end of the episode. Like I'd seen it before, but obviously it makes it hurt a lot worse. Like the ending being fresh in my mind. Yeah. So we cut back to the Legion of Doom, and uh, we're introduced to Esteban. Esteban, who's actually Esteban. C from Tulsa. Which means someone's from Oklahoma. Someone we've had Muskogee, be, yeah. we've had Tulsa. There's I, a lot of references to Oklahoma in this show. Somebody has to be from there, which, and it's... Uh, I'm glad they escaped because Oklahoma's <laughs> full, full of, of mud, mud people. people. And we're not just saying that because Clayface pretended to be from there in one of his roles. 
Though anyway, they're being showed around by Steve from Tulsa. Uh, they're really getting the you know red carpet rolled out for Harley. Harley gets a whole glass case full of bats. Mahogany. She's led to like a an executive board meeting while Psycho, Clayface, and King Shark are taken away by Steve um, down to uh, the, the basement. basement where they keep the goons and henchmen. And uh, and right away, Bane comes in. He's like, all right, you're with me. I signed you out. Like they were. <laughs> like they're like, bowling shoes. <laughs> it's like uh, apparently um, goons and henchmen are a shared resource. And, and Bane is so happy at his heist. Yes. So his big idea is that at the Jamba Juice, um, they always put his name wrong on his order. They Todd. Call, Todd calls him Bang and not Bane. And so we are going to blow up Todd. The streets will run with Razzy Zazzy. Excellent. Uh, of course, um, the crew are like, uh, no, we work with Harley and, you know, her alone um, they like they want to be super villains too they have their own ambitions they are not just nameless goons nameless goons they have powers <laughs> and clayface is like yes i am an actor and no <laughs> yeah so boardroom yes so back upstairs uh harley gets to sit at this like huge like executive table along with all the big name super villains and which they kind of go around the table and pitch their ideas so that they can allocate resources like money weaponry bane says explosions <laughs> which and pisses off luther's like i don't know what fucking explosions are bane we have explosives and joker just jumps in right away and he says he wants to build a uh, giant tower with his face and then when his mouth opens there's a giant tv in it with his face and everyone's like yeah sounds good because he needs like 500 million dollars 600 million 600 million and scarecrow's like that's a bargain that's a bargain um okay now i have to say uh since now i have watched uh, haunting a fly manor i also have a very soft spot for Hul, coley and scarecrow now so i have to point that he's out. just so good he's such a charmer he um, is and everyone like raises their hand like yep that sounds good and then except for harley and apparently it has to be unanimous and she says why uh, I, I don't get it <laughs> i don't get it uh and, and and like piece by piece everyone's like you're right like uh you know what's the end game here yeah uh, it's not it's not a fully baked idea. It needs to be further baked, and even Scarecrow agrees. And so now uh, Joker has to go back to the drawing board. And they go... You can see him seething. Yes. And the next scene is at the... He also hates like, cinnamon raisin bagels. But, I mean, he preferred uh, an everything bagel to cinnamon raisin, so at least he's not so evil. Yeah, he's not anti-bagel, just not cinnamon raisin. Um, at the break room, um, which is like the, the like executive break room, we'll see like the goon and henchman break room later. And this one, um, literally looks like the one at my office. <laughs> uh, and, um, and they're when like, it existed it, back in 2019. Yeah, exactly. Haven't been there in since March. And, uh, and Scarecrow at first is like, oh, thank you for saying something, Harley. Like, you know, no one wants to. Uh, argue with him, and then Joker's behind him. He's like, "Well, oh, never mind." 
He oh. literally just pulls out like one of the cables for Bane's life support system just casually. Yes. So mean. They're so mean to Bane. They are the fucking meanest to Bane. And and Harley thinks that he's that Joker's going to be mad at her for, you know, second guessing and standing up to him, but instead he like just literally just blows smoke up up her ass like saying, "Thank you. I really needed to think this one through. Hey, would you want to get a work drink later?" Um it's so bullshit. Yeah. And she absolutely can't see it. Yeah. I mean, she kind of pushes back. She's like, yeah, okay, just a work drink, huh? You don't want to just have sex with me? And he says, you don't see me trying to have sex with Scarecrow and Bane. No, I absolutely don't do that. That was funny. That was funny. Uh, But of course. But yeah, the only thing she's questioning is, is he doing this to get in my pants? Not, is he like setting me up for failure? Which that's those are the only two options in her head, right? Like, is he being genuine or is he trying to bang me and not? <laughs> He's like, is he to exacting your face. his fucking revenge to humiliate me? And just oh, Harley, but Harley takes no He's time an to asshole. think about it because the next scene they are at the bar together. Yeah, and apparently it was Joker who's been paying a Todd to write <laughs> bang Bane's name wrong on his orders. And again, he's just kind of going on like, you're an asset, uh, you're a big deal, Harley, and she is like just totally letting this flattery get to her. Um, and then at the same time, uh, Ivy is at her apartment and she's getting ready to leave and, um, you know, to plan her heist because they, she and Harley set up a date to, um, plan it out of course harley uh instead went out for a drink with joker instead of honoring her commitments telling herself that she this is the only way to get her henchmen out of the goon squad mm-hmm. has to learn how to game the system with joker and frank is not helping <laughs> uh, he's such an asshole he's like you can't do this by yourself and ivy says first of all i'm a capable metahuman um which uh, that's the first time they actually mention the word metahuman in the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And she doesn't always need plants. And she's dressed up like she's going out for a date. I mean, she's wearing her, like, typical look, but she has, like, a little scarf. And Frank is teasing her, like, you need to diversify your color palette or wear a hat or something. And um, later, when she's, like, at the coffee place or whatever, she is wearing a hat. It's so upsetting because obviously Harley did not show up. Ivy like texts her. Feeling vulnerable. Frank is being verbally mean so he can prove that he has another attack that he is capable of. Passive aggressive little bitch. And Harley like texts her back like, oh, I got wrapped up into Legion of Doom business. Ugh. And Frank immediately is like, that's bullshit. She stood you up. Don't worry. I'm here to help. He had paid some guy a pot dealer to like move him his pot pot. guy his pot guy you know he sells marijuana um misread the ad so yeah ivy's upset and she leaves and she's like pay that guy to take you back to the apartment i'm leaving and joker and harley are continuing their date Mm -hmm. now on a yacht Uh, wait uh there's a scene at the um lod goon break room so bane like oh no yeah i missed the part where they're still on their date talking about zach braff and casablanca mm-hmm. and the waitress they're race- ships rem- them and gives them shots which yeah. reminiscing 
not a good idea to do with your toxic ex. At the LOD break room, Psycho, King Shark, and Clayface are like pretty much expecting that Harley has gotten this handled. They asked her to get them out of Bane duty, and she promised she would. And and then Bane just walks in. He's like, all right, let's go. I filed all the correct paperwork. HR signed off. We're yeah. done. <laughs> and he um, says my favorite line. Oh, I think it's the same one. Go for it. Saddle up, muchachos. We have a juicery to explode. Yep, that one's that one's a winner. But also, uh, Psycho calls Bane S&M Sally, which just, I don't know, hits me right in the giggle dick. Okay, now we get to the shitty part. As Harley and Joker stole a it's yacht. Been shitty. Everything except Bane. <laughs> They're having like rom- romantic, like, is it champagne? Is it wine? Who Who gives a shit? They had kidnapped the owners of the yacht and they throw them overboard and uh, Harley's phone goes off and it's definitely a Harley V lock screen. Yep. We said last episode it looked like it, but it definitely is. And uh, Joker then starts to like show like show a little bit. He's basically the student has become a master, a equally as good, but not as good as the original master. A master. Um, and then he says something. He says something. If this is the Harley Quinn solo act, I only wish it had happened sooner. So again, she's just really falling for this bullshit. And she's falling for the flattery and also the respect because this is what she thought she wanted. Right. Uh, she wanted to, um, you know, get into the Legion of Doom to sh- get her ex's attention. Mm-hmm. And now that she has it. Like, she's just falling into those those same patterns. Oh my gosh, she sees me as an equal. Maybe things could really be different this time. Mm-hmm. And, but here's what happens, Jess. Batman shows up. Yep. And exactly like Joker planned it, um, you know, a helicopter, like, drops, flies over, drops down uh, the ladder. Um, but this time he says, like, you know, come with me. Yeah, come with me. We'll go. So they get into the helicopter and they make out. And of course, that's when like the news cameras get there. But he pushes her out of the helicopter because he knows that Batman will uh, save her from falling to her death than chase Joker because that's what Batman does. And Batman is who Joker really loves. And she just you see her like flashback to different horrible ways he's treated her. And she just like Curls up in the fetal position in midair as she's falling. Yeah. In fact, like, when Batman, like, catches her on his plane, which you said while we were watching it, like, how is that any less harmful than falling into the water? Yeah. Uh, but, but she just lets go. But, she doesn't want to be saved. Yeah. When she splatters against his windshield, they make eye contact and Batman just says to her, some things never change. Mm-hmm. And she just sort of quits holding on and falls off into the water and dives into the sea. Yeah. Just returns to the sea. Yeah. Uh, she has like a montage of memories of being thrown under the bus just like this. It's a pretty low moment. Yeah. And I um, I wrote down, she flings herself dramatically into the water. Uh, the next scene is outside the Jamba Juice. Everyone in a panel van. Yes. Uh and um, it was King Shark who was supposed to go plant the bomb, and apparently he's taking so long. So Bane just detonates the bomb while he's inside. And you see an explosion, and King Shark's fin hits the fucking, like, front window of the van. Yeah, he loses his dorsal fin. 
And um, and Todd's not even there. Yeah, Todd doesn't work on Wednesdays. Ugh. Yeah, so uh, Mark against Bane, because obviously King Shark is better. Yeah, like I love Bane, but... God damn it, don't hurt my precious king. <laughs> so um, at the hospital, he's fine and just joked Ish. up. Yeah, they have reattached his fin and he's laying on his tummy and he's doped up and Ivy shows up with a plant. This is another like funny thing that only like Belle can pull off because she sees his heart rate monitor and is like trying to like, like yell get for attention. Help. Like, oh my God, he's going into cardiac arrest. And uh, and King Shark's like, no, that's a normal shark heartbeat. And she says, oh, no shit. <laughs> uh, where's Harley? Um, and then that's when they see that Tawny is on the TV and they're showing the picture of her and Joker making out. And they call call them Joe Quinn, which. We already heard the waitress ships them. Yeah, I just think Joe Quinn is like the the worst ship name when like. Brangelina. Yeah. I've heard Jarly before. Ew. Yeah. I don't but like I that think, one. You know better. what I like? I like Harker. No. Because Harker's like a. Isn't no. that like the people from um, Dracula? Mina Harker? People? I mean, it's the last name of like a family. I'm just saying, like, that is like a name. It is. And Harley comes first. I think it's better than Jarley and better than Joe Quinn. I'd say Jarley is the worst. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I can't I picture Tawny saying Harker. Yeah, fine. Uh, so they all feel uh, betrayed. And of course, that's when Harley walks in and she's like, oh, thank God. I just They've got- also paused it, though, before Joker booted her out of... Mm-hmm. That's true. So they really only got half the, the story, kiss. but they don't really care because yeah. they know that Joker was going to do that because they can see Joker for what he really is. And also, she blew off all these people who needed her that she said should be there for so she could go like suck face with that asshat. Mm-hmm. So she walks in and they like show, you know, she sees on the TV what they saw and she's trying to explain, but one by one, they all quit the crew and Ivy walks out and she said, you know, I can do whatever this, you know, the heist is solo. Yeah. She's done believing in someone who doesn't believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And Harley's just kind of left alone. Well, except for King Shark, he can't leave. He has a catheter in. Um, but she, there's just like a scene where she like goes out into the hallway and it's just dark and empty. And uh, yeah, she's alone. She had, you know, alienated uh herself from everyone else because she was in an abusive relationship which is like a real thing that people do yeah but you know it just hurts that she was rebuilding relationships and forming new connections and then i mean she still has to face like yeah she still has to face consequences for you know the choices she made because she hurt the people that she was close to yeah i mean it's rarely a clean break with abusive partners and yeah backslides hurt and mm-hmm. just sucks just sucks and it sucks doesn't even worse leave you happy feeling because ivy goes to the factory by herself there are no plants around and she's immediately like taken down by this gas 
and these uh, two goons in like hazmat suits find her passed out. And the last thing in, said in the episode is, boss, we got her. And that's yeah. the end of the episode. Did you get the impression it was like herbicide that they were hitting her with? You know, that's a good, good question. It might be. So that was the episode. Now Ivy is in danger. Ends on a bummer. It ends on a bummer. This was a bummer of an episode, but I feel like it needed to happen. Um, yep. Because, gotta have that conflict. Mm-hmm, gotta have that conflict. Harley needed to get what she wanted to realize it's not what she wanted because it definitely came at a cost. Uh, and it didn't fix the problems like she thought it would. Right. That's a good point. She thought that she would feel a lot happier and free when she got to show up her ex-boyfriend, but she didn't really want to show him up either. Like, that was another lie she kind of told uh, Ivy was that uh, she wanted to look good so that he could feel bad, but instead uh, she really just wanted his approval and for, yeah, like you said earlier, for it to be different this time. Yeah. Anything else you want to see say about this episode? I liked it. I thought it was a really too. well-written, like lots of stuff happened in this episode. We had to pause again like yeah. a few times to keep writing our notes. Because- but it was still well-paced. It didn't feel mm-hmm. breakneck like some of the others, but it was it had a lot of moving parts. And we see a lot of things teed up that'll come back later in the season as well. Yeah. And I liked that the uh, C-plot, which I would say is Bane, and his heist uh, really f- fit well, I think, um, in the last episode when we had to see Sai and his sister and it was kind of like a ham-fisted, like you're going to regret, uh, you know, not saying how you feel to your friend at the very end. Like, I felt like that wasn't as successful as like the Bane episode and as far as like being kind of a break from the heavy stuff. Um, and comedic relief, I thought that this C-plot was a lot tighter and funnier. And Yeah. Yeah, this C-plot definitely fit the overall tone of the show more. And Bane is just such a funny and dynamic character. But I don't know. I I like Psy. And mm. so I kind of liked his C-plot last week. Mm, gotcha. I feel like it fit his tone. It had kind of a Saturday morning or after school special feel to it but he's also like very much a product of the 80s like he is supposed to be a character directly from that and so that kind of retro throwback feel feels right for psi plots Mm -hmm. well tune in next episode where we recap season one episode 10 it should be next week well actually it's monday so yeah hopefully I don't know. Maybe next Monday? We're kind of trying to figure out our release schedule. Is it easier for us to make episodes on the weekends? Or is it easier to just try and fit it in in the week so that we can do other stuff on the weekend? We're still trying to figure it out. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and rating and reviewing like you hear at the end of every podcast. And I read all of the reviews. We've gotten really positive and very sweet messages as well. Yeah, they really do. Like, we would do this if we didn't get any feedback, but boy, it's encouraging. It's really so nice to hear that people enjoy this. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I like that several people at this point in reviews and also on Reddit posts compare us to Harley and Ivy. <laughs> um, obviously, it's because of our voices and my enthusiasm. But both Jess and I agree that in our relationship dynamic, I am the Ivy. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah I have that's to, probably accurate. And I have to tell you that. Okay, well. Uh, I'm taller, though. That is true. High difference <laughs> is important. But I'm telling you, in the relationship dynamic, mm -hmm. anyway. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.